Welcome back to a new episode where today's guest is a niche asset management manager uh, with a focus of institutional grade crypto and blockchain investment funds. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Kenny. Thanks, Thomas. How lovely to be here. Wonderful to have you. Um, before we move on to the questions, uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up in crypto? Sure. Uh, so I actually knew nothing about crypto. I've been in the traditional fund space for um, many years prior to sort of 2013 and I was equities analyst and worked in Barclays and Morgan Stanley and all these big uh, traditional names and then went over to a hedge fund um, and before I went moved over to this hedge fund my wife and I went on a sabbatical through Bali and India and my wife stayed on to do a yoga course and she came back in 2013 saying you've got to buy this thing called Bitcoin. And that's really how my uh, journey started. So back in sort of 2012, 2013, um, and immediately looking at it, I uh, it, it intrigued a lot of, it touched on a lot of my values. And so, yeah, I took a deep dive down and started trying to get the, uh, you know, the large shareholders invested in crypto at the hedge fund that I was working at at the time. And, uh, yeah, I could see it was going to be a long road to nowhere. So um, I went on my own, started my own um, hedge fund and started investing in crypto um, and, and really um, moved on as a, a manager on the economy platform um, with two strategies there that I manage. And yeah, through that process, I was developing a um, strategy to invest in cryptos for people that really didn't have a background in investing in assets um, but was interested in this new sort of financial ecosystem and it was tough even for somebody um, who'd had a lot of experience coming from the traditional side of things to really look deeper into this and so um, or, or really make decisions around who's going to win and who's going to lose it was just too early um, so yeah we started um developing a strategy i started looking at what could i have done at you know this sort of bubble that we've seen in crypto is so similar to so many other technological events that we've seen even going back to the early 1800s with the railway and and what what that did to industry in america um so i looked really deeply back into different bubbles and how one could have invested in the, into those bubbles um and yeah we sort of looked at the dot com obviously that's a great one that a lot of people use as an example but obviously at that time it was still kind of early and nobody was talking about the dot com and so i looked at it and i said well what sort of strategy could i have developed um if i invested in the dot com bubble right at the peak and still made money if I'd gone to sleep for 20 years, what strategy would that have looked like? Um, because then ultimately that would be something that the man on the street could get invested in and, and, you know, not have to worry about all the volatility um, 
over that over that period of time. And and really, what this what we found was that if you took the top fifty um, on the Nasdaq at at the peak of the bubble, and you invested it equally weighted two percent into each of those, and then we assume ninety percent of those went to zero, and you're left with five constituents, basically would have been made up of like Google, Amazon. Um, Yahoo and uh, Priceline and, and I think I can't remember the other one now, but effectively you still would have made a compounded annual growth return of 14% um, 17 years later or something like that or 20 years later. So it really made a lot of sense. And also, how did we get to the top 50? Well, if you looked along the list, you know, if you just took the top 30 at the peak of the bubble, Amazon was trading at 36. So you would have missed out on one of those. I mean, you know, there's still a lot if you look in if you look at the current market cap rankings in crypto, you know, there's fifty to seventy sort of um or between thirty and seventy there's some fantastic projects happening. Um so you know, IOTA is a great example as well, where it's it's quite low on the market rankings, but it's not picking up what is actually going on in that ecosystem. So yeah, it's it's um it's a been a great strategy. It's outperformed. It sort of does a two times beta on on the upside and and a one times beta on the downside. So we really we've done well in outperforming Ethereum and Bitcoin last year. Um, and uh, yeah, it's 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 sort of I think through the cycle it's it's going to be a great strategy. And that's really a quick long and short of how I got into it and where we've gotten to today. And, and maybe I've answered a lot more of your questions to come, but we can dive a little bit deeper yeah. into each of those. Um, so, so Swiss one capital, I think that is a, a familiar name to, to most of us. Um, but I don't think too many actually is aware of what it is and what your, uh, connections is. Um, but before we move on to like the details, like, could you tell us a little bit what, what Swiss capital is? Sure. So, you know, it, it's basically founded on sort of three pillars for investment opportunities um, in the alternative space. And obviously, cryptos is a massive forms a massive part of the alternative investment space or ecosystem or set of of opportunities, opportunity set for alternative investments. And so, really, the three pillars are. Um, uncorrelated returns, um, sort of diversification and um, asymmetric risk return payoff profiles. So where you uh, you understand that there's a downside or the downside is limited, but you have significant upside potential, uncorrelated, meaning that it's not really correlated to economic, um, the economic growth or development of industrial sort of segments of the economy it's sort of really doing its own thing at the moment and met i would say metaverse is 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 the latest product that we're about to launch um and and that's a whole that's really in line with these core three pillars and then diversification it really is important in these early stages to have a large diversification so you can capture all the different products and services that are available and so swiss one is really a culmination of um, guys that, that got together and, and a, a particular um, our largest shareholders really have has a great vision 
and and seize the opportunity in this alternative space with those core pillars and and we've really come in um myself and stefan to to really build uh this these opportunities and and we chose switzerland because we really see it as well our, our founders from switzerland our ceos in switzerland um and and we it's it's just a really uh i would say um yeah it's 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 very amicable to to building in the blockchain and crypto ecosystem mm. and like what was the impetus of creating the small index crypto strategy with the top like 50 cryptocurrency like which is also including iota yeah so it's exactly you know just going back to what i just previously said i'll try not to repeat myself is basically we needed to come up with a strategy for clients that don't have aren't sophisticated in a investing in general and b um you know in the crypto ecosystem and you know it's very difficult to stand in front of investors and say we know which are the projects that are going to be great tomorrow but it's easier you know it's, it makes more sense to say to somebody well we're not sure which other winners are going to be but we know that this whole ecosystem is going to grow significantly um over the next 10 to 20 years so you need some exposure to this um to this asset class uh and and then really it just becomes an asset allocation decision as opposed to okay which particular cryptos do i need to invest in and so going back to the strategy that you know we sort of built based on previous bubbles of major technologies um that have have, have come out uh, over the last 150 years that seemed to be a deep enough top 50 was a deep enough sort of spectrum of the market to get to to really encompass that growth potential mm. like do you see an interest uh like a rise of interest uh, within the institution definitely i mean it's just obviously as you go into bear markets you know we we talking continuously to to many institutions or on an ongoing basis and there's definitely no sign of slowing down of of appetite in fact you know during the spare market during the last six months we've actually seen a lot more interest obviously not actually pulling the trigger as such yet but suddenly it's going well perhaps this is the time to really get serious about it if ever there was a time yeah um and so there is a there is a bit i, I would say institutions are very interested but there is the sort of trigger shy attitude um and and really i think what comes you know what i'm talking about at the moment and i'm actually in the middle of writing our next because we i do a crypto boost which is a, a blog that i write every every bi-monthly or every two weeks bi-weekly i should say every two weeks and and i've got one coming out and basically what i'm talking about in that is in the previous cycle we saw sort of the death of icos um birth and death of icos i'd say um and not necessarily the death of icos from the fact of like you know um that they're not going to be around it's just that sort of the education increased around that not you know every tom dick and harry of the street can't just 
launch an ICO, make a buck and then vanish. You know, it really made people become far more educated and far more aware of what was going on in the ICO space. And so in a way it like legitimized, um, you know, new token offerings and people had to get serious and really build out proper, um, you know, proper business models and, and, and there had to be a really route to revenue, et cetera. And, and people became very educated on that and not everybody was just jumping in the next ICO. You know, that's how it works today. And, and what we're having now, I think in this bear market, the bear market sort of got rid of that in 2018. And this bear market is sort of getting rid of the lack of governance that we're seeing in a lot of these protocols, particularly where DAOs are now becoming, you know, a, a quite a trend and and a ways for people not uh, you know operating out of normal companies and institutions into investing into crypto DAOs are certainly top of the mind but what do the governance look around look like inside these DAOs and and recently over the last few months we've seen a real breakdown in a lot of um the governance within these ecosystems Luna's a, a great example um and and uh yeah, we've, we've got a couple others. I don't want to get into the detail um, right now and, and name and shame. But basically, there's there've been these governance breakdown protocols. And, and I think this bear market is really going to bring that governance to the forefront. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think that is what a lot of the institutions worry about is is governance around these ecosystems and the lack thereof. And we really, what we're looking for is a sort of a two-tiered governance where, yes, you've got governance within the ecosystem and, and the foundation that, that is guiding um, that sort of protocol project in a direction, and they should have a lot of say, but they need some sort of independence that um, is at play in terms of driving the project and ensuring that every all the participants within the ecosystem um, are protected mm. i can also imagine that when it comes to like big institutions that they maybe want to do a safe um like i would imagine they they're going for bitcoin maybe ethereum um but do you see like an uh, interest in the other cryptos as well well that's that's actually really one of the major driving forces for why the top 50 is our flagship product is because it kind of is it's in it's an easy sell for institutions to their clients to say look we've got this top 50 and and i should add to a little bit more about the top 50 index at this point is basically it's not just the top 50 boom equally weighted we've we've got a number of smart parameters based upon um modern portfolio theory you know that we've got you know a lot of history on in the traditional space and looking at you know if you look at the top etfs if uh, etfs and saying well what's the best strategy to invest in etfs well we know sort of warren buffett will say etfs or passive funds have you know outperformed actively managed funds over the last 20 30 years and he's right you know and so but what strategy within those etfs gives you the best result well it happens to be that if every quarter you rebalance to the the winners and you take away from the losers, that also increases the performance of a passively managed product. So we've got a number of parameters that ensure that we continuously allocate capital to the winners and take away from the losers. And those parameters 
and also if, if if one of the projects go we've had a number of times where projects gone above 10 percent of the fund it's or eight percent of the fund it's then sold down and profit is taken and allocated to the rest of the portfolio so number of parameters that ensure that capital keeps getting allocated to the winners and and that's not rocket science based upon you know strategies that we know have performed well and um over time and we've really brought it together and then really focused that on the cryptos and the top 50 and so this is a product where these institutions can really go and sell to their clients um and it's it, it, it they sleep well at night because they don't have to you know bitcoin and ethereum provides its safety but suddenly you pick like you know something further down on the list um and and then questions can be brought back to the institution whereas this product it really um takes away a lot of those concerns and and that's where we've why i think we've seen our successes hmm. and like iota isn't like a top 50 coin but you guys are very supportive of it i've seen you guys tweeting about it like very often like so what's your connection with the iota foundation so iota is is most certainly at the moment currently in 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 the fund um you know a lot of if you look at the top 50 remember we're not including I think, uh, yeah, should, just going a little bit deeper into the parameters is um, we don't include any asset-backed tokens or obviously any stable coins. Mm. So if you take those all out, IOTA's, you know, in the top 50, so to speak, of cryptos that are not sort of asset-backed or stable yeah. coins. Or, or and, and also we have a, uh, a number of different criteria for assets to qualify for the top 50 fund. For example, they need to be on certain exchanges they need to trade on at least two exchanges they need to have you know a certain volume traded per month to qualify so it's not just like all of them of the top 50 qualify so that's why iotis most certainly does qualify at this point in time and um yeah <laughs> i think because we're a top 50 fund we're really agnostic to the projects for the reasons aforementioned uh but we're open to engagement with all communities and like i've just discussed on governance earlier um we see opportunities to partner with foundations of these projects to provide that independence and you know the iota because you know we we've we're quite focused on engaging with communities via social media um, and and it's proven really um, great. We we get a lot of a lot of deep insight. You know, we see ourselves being in the space for the long term. And so, you know, while we have our flagship fund of this top fifty fund, we're launching a metaverse fund um, in a couple of months. We've we're looking at actively managed strategies to come. Um, and and when when you get further and further into those types of funds, having good relationships with these ecosystems is a huge of, of huge importance to us and the iota foundation is a highly receptive community and um we've we've had a great time interacting with them and as we've as we've as we've gone through these motions we've we've see opportunity to support foundations and bring that independence in reviewing the projects that are up and coming within those ecosystems obviously a lot of funding is required for the building out of those projects um we've been in the space and analyzing company or, or projects within the ecosystem for a number of years 
And with those expertise, you know, we think that we can help guide uh, the future stars within those ecosystems and really provide support to these foundations in their investment decisions um, and, and hopefully provide an independent uh, sort of contribution um, to the decision making. So that's that's where we're at, and and it's, it's it really is adds a whole nother layer of excitement to to what we do at Swiss One. Mm. And like right now, we're we're in a pretty um what should I say, uh, pretty boring time in the market, maybe, or maybe it's good for all of us to actually get a little reset. Um, but what's your opinion on why this is happening? Like we see Bitcoin below the previous all-time high. We see everything back down to twenty twenty like areas. What do you think? Yeah. So I look. I think it's really, um, as I said. Okay. So um, I, I'll speak to you a little bit about the, the the boost and blog that I just wrote about, and then I'll focus more into the blog post that I have coming out. But you know, in times like these in the crypto or blockchain ecosystem, old questions always come back to my desk you know why do we need it there aren't any use cases it's a ponzi surely we need regulation these you know and, and sure those are all valid questions but it's always the same old questions and you know what we're building here what is being built here is we you know it's, it's a completely new financial paradigm and so it's very difficult to compare what is going on here to the old um, so I, I would I would start by just laying a few foundations here. Firstly, Bitcoin was bought, uh, born out of a financial crisis, right? Individuals developing it thought that printing money was just this sort of get out of jail free card and it was pretty ludicrous and it would have severe, severe repercussions on the global economy. You know, fast forward 13 years, guess what we're starting to see in, in terms of inflation in the real economy. Um, and so, in in effect, in a way, I, what I'm saying is they were right, and uh, and and so there there is a need for something as an alternative. Okay. Secondly, um, in order for a financial system to work under the auspices of a decentralized technology, you know, you need a multitude of products and services that need to be developed. Secondly, they need to be tried and tested. And thirdly, they need to gain adoption, you know, and where are we currently, you know, and these products and services could form the backbone of, of, of what we do or how we transact with one another or, or contract with one another in the future. So in terms of a decentralized application for products and services, we're somewhere between developed and or being developed and tried and tested. We're nowhere near the final product, let alone, you know, adoption. So therefore, system failure or lack of adoption are not yet arguments that can be made, in my view, around the ecosystem. You can't start saying that it's failed, you know, or there's lack of adoption when the products and services that we're waiting for haven't really been built. I mean, IOTA is an exact example like that. We're still so early. Thirdly, in terms of traditional finance, it's through the tried and tested, it's through the mass adoption phases, but yet we're sitting with this existential crisis around inflation and what it means to, you know, low income and media income parts, sections of the society. And what we're seeing now is with this massive increase in interest rates that is coming, it's really, a, and, and the amount of debt that has been, and, and, and fiat that's been printed over the last, you know, since, even since the COVID crisis, um, 
we're we're seeing a massive sort of experiment going on right now and and so until um we establish whether or not traditional finance can recover and restore econ real economic value and growth without inflation destroying economies and the well-being of society until then we're just saying that having a real alternative being developed on the sideline is not really a bad option right mm. to have in the form of sort of this nascent crypto and blockchain industry so the last point i just want to add is so what we're sort of experiencing now in terms of price action within the crypto ecosystem is largely being driven by systemic failures or lack of confidence in a technology that is yet to actually prove itself so fundamentally the technology works right you can transact with someone across the planet without control there are mechanisms in place to lend and borrow value throughout the ecosystem the latest failures really relate to well it relates to a failed experiment in, in an algo stablecoin right and from that this contagion of a lack of confidence led to an irrational market pricing based on these fears that are have not you know that have not and then that got spread out into a realm of different projects where nobody's doing an algo stablecoin right but they or it, it's not to do with like iota building some new lending platform right so the point is is that um i think we saw the, the reason for the drop is we saw this contagion of lack of confidence and what that brought out was real deep questions around the governance inside all of these protocols and so that lack of confidence led to a major sort of uh well everything's going to zero again the same feeling that i felt in 2018 the same feeling that i felt uh in 2013 2014 when the market's dropped it's it comes back it's like well is anything really worth anything and of course it is you know so it brings me back to those aforementioned questions you know would I, would we rather have a substitute technology being developed on the sideline as we watch those managing the current monetary policy of central banks scramble for tools to ensure a smooth transition or not you know should individuals be planning for either outcome i would say yes you know is there a place for decentralized finance in the future the answer would have to be yes we've we've come too far um uh, is technology and the digitalization of more aspects of human life likely to advance i mean of course it is it's 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 it's, it's inevitable so we have all these structures in place and while we while we have a lack of confidence it really is not based around the technology or around whether or not this technology works it's based around well we've had a few failed projects with people behaving in ways that lack integrity and governance tools that lack integrity and so what these bear markets really do and and i've seen this is my third real deep bear market now over the last sort of coming up for 10 years is we always see a washout of bad protocols and the and and a replacement with better protocols better governance better ecosystem um and and the pricing is really just a reflection of that cyclicality and so you know what is exciting is to and i i don't find these bear markets boring at all i i actually it's a great time to really get into the nuts and bolts and the juice of of what's been built and 
what is going to work and what isn't based upon taking the lens of what, what is good governance, because that's really going to, to win the day at the end. Um, so yeah, we, we're, we're looking at projects. We're, we're excited to launch the Metaverse Fund. We think it's a great time to be looking at the Metaverse. That's not going anywhere. That's growing. Um, there's a lot of exciting protocols being built. Um, and again, hopefully we can get the governance right inside those ecosystems. And uh, yeah, I think that to sum it up, the, the drop has been driven by a, an existential crisis around confidence within the ecosystem and the governance surrounding mm. that. Yeah. And like, and how, how do you deal with the, with the current uh, the bear market? Because I've seen um, like Bitpanda and Coinbase, etc. They have been laying off a bunch of people, um, which is kind of strange if they can't survive with Bitcoin at $20,000. Uh, does yeah. that sound very uh, like futuristic to, yeah. you, to be honest? Uh, like how, how do you guys like weather the storm? Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, it depends where you play. I mean, it depends on your your sort of foundation. And, and what we're built upon is really, we know that we know that there's cycles. I mean, <clears throat> to think that well, we know that the, the pricing around cryptos is cyclical and one needs to plan accordingly. You really need to build slowly, build um, and, and, and yes, you know, there's the potential to run after revenue when times are good. Um, but, you know, you really need to focus on your cost base because and say, well, what, what can we hire or how much can we increase our cost base? if you know what what is our lowest aum in the future that that we could get back to and anything is possible so we've always sort of gone well based on aum at worst case scenario can we expand the business and and really i think anybody in crypto should be thinking about that if you're building in it is going you know what is our runway with ethereum at 500 dollars a token what is our runway with um you know bitcoin between 10 and twenty thousand dollars and and really build around that and try to maximize your efficiencies with those sorts of teams um and and i think that will that will really help and and um but at the same time you know we might be a little bit more conservative from that perspective um you know two years ago doquan would have completely you know argued against that and said what are you talking about we're going you know we're going massive if you've got to do this you've got to do it right and you've got to build you know with a big think big you know um but we've just taken quite a conservative view and and we we you know, when, when people are talking about bitcoin being at a hundred thousand that's fine that would be great let's that's cream on the top but let's just see it get to 20 and get to 30 and get to 40 and get to 50 slowly, slowly over the years. Mm. And, uh, and how, how long do you reckon this will continue? Because it looks very like scary out there now because we have the war ongoing. Uh, we have like the interest rates is going up. The inflation is coming. Um, all of these different things, which kind of makes it look like that it's not going to turn around anytime soon. What's your opinion? Uh, yeah, I, I'd have to agree. I think um, 
we're certainly uh, what we've seen now is just really a crisis within the crypto ecosystem. Uh, I think we're starting to, you know, since 2016 as a as a sort of global hedge fund manager, I've been feeling like the markets just doesn't make any sense in terms of, you know, the PE rate, the price to earnings ratios that many of these stocks have been trading at since then. Um, and, and the market just was able to continue higher, just, you know, based on huge amounts of debt. So we've really seeing a complete U-turn uh, from monetary policy makers in terms of that expansion and, and just massive amount of liquidity being pumped into the system uh as soon as you start reducing or increasing interest rates it it, it has massive knock-on effects onto global economies the one of the biggest impacts is the lack of monetary multiplier um and and when that gets out the ecosystem economies start to fail and and, and economies quickly dip into recession um because of that and so we're expecting a recession in the global economy um, in the next six to 12 months. So, you know, what that means is that it's hard. It's going to be hard for all assets. doesn't matter where you're placed in the economy. Uh, often during those sort of prices, liquidity moments, everything sort of goes down. And then it's the ones that are well-placed, they recover the quickest. So it's it's and I, and I think crypto def, and Bitcoin definitely sits in that sort of in that part side of the economy where it it can rebound the quickest because it's so well placed um, with the new technology it's being built and and it really is supportive of the more general population rather than you know a small minority of highly net, high net worth individuals so we see a quick bounce back, but I think we still need to feel the repercussions of, of what is going on um, and the decisions that are being made by monetary policy makers um, and, and the after effects. And once those come through and we see uh, traditional financial prices, even though they're down 20 to 30%, we're still well above the, the, the pre-COVID levels um, and, and all of that debt that's been printed is sort of making its way out of the economies. Um, so we've still got some ways to go for traditional markets to to bottom out. Um, we may see it go up a little bit and then before it comes down, but we do need to see that happen. And I think on the other side of that, then we have something like the cryptos and Bitcoin ecosystem to recover. So I would say 2023 um, is, is when we'll start to see the, the beginnings of, of a new bull market um, anywhere from yeah, Feb, March, 2023 onwards. Mm. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, but also uh, like people want to get, get away from like the volatile stuff now when these days are here. Do you see the institution like running straight to the sell button now when, when if they're holding crypto, they just want to get rid of it? No, I think look. I think what we're seeing is is just forced liquidations. Um, unfortunately, the players in the crypto ecosystem are still there's a number of large players who have who can have quite a big force 
on or a big say in the market forces. I don't want to use the M word, but um, you know, there there is some market movement that's happening because of these forced liquidations. And uh, and also what we've seen with Three Arrows Capital, Celsius, a number of other players, you know, they get into a situation where they become forced sellers, even though they still believe and they still think that, you know, these are great projects, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They no longer have the backing of their shareholders and um, debt providers. And so, yeah, you know, the players, those stakeholders, they don't care what the underlying is. They just want their money back, right? So what we're seeing now is is obviously a completely over-irrational play to the downside. And, and that can still play out for a number of months because it's because of the illiquidity in the crypto ecosystem right now, it's not so easy to get yourself out of large positions. So um, that's part of why it's going to take a little bit longer than we hope it would is because we need sort of a washout of all of this, uh, all of these um, bigger players being liquidated. So I don't see it's like, uh, you know, an a, a institutional asset manager saying, okay, run for the hills now. I, I think quite the opposite. They're, they're the clever money. They often are buying into those types of, these types of scenarios. It's really where you have failed venture capitalists that are, are being forced liquidators. Mm. No, so they the institutional actually has some, some sort of time in hands then. Yeah, I would say to some extent that as long as their you know their shareholders are not you know are, are understand that and there's there's a lack of redemption, um, that it would only be forced by a number of liquid you know redemptions from from their funds. But uh, I think you know they're well positioned to educate their clientele about the fact that you know this isn't the right time to sell so yeah i would say you know diamond hands laser eyes all of these <laughs> things you know is, is really all like talk of of a really the top of the last bull market because you know um i think uh, everyone has different needs and, and i think that's what a lot of people need to understand about these markets is that Yes, there's a lot of people who are long-term backers and buyers of this market, but you see now what comes up with the three hours capital is, you know, they, they, their stakeholders are very different wants and needs. And that doesn't relate back to whether you're diamond hands or not. It's just going, you know, these, this is the reality of the situation. Mm. And is there any like close future plans for you guys? Uh, in terms of Swiss One? Sorry, everything. Yeah, look, I mean, we're super excited about our Metaverse fund. It's going to be, we're actually, it's going to be sort of 70% in the crypto ecosystem and 30% in, in I would say, which for want of a better word, traditional markets. But there are some very good traditional developers out there in the Metaverse ecosystem um, don't worry, we won't put in something like Meta in there, but there are some really good um, builders, you know, that are building in the Metaverse. So it's going to be a nice split between the blockchain crypto ecosystem and and the traditional ecosystem. You know, we like hardware um, 
in the metaverse because what we're seeing is sort of a congregation between real world and and the metaverse and for example um step in right um uh the, the, the green token is is basically a good example of that where they're allowing people to count their steps or do steps in a day and earn tokens for you know the steps that you, i don't know if you're aware of sort of the technology with being able to count your steps etc fitbits and garments etc so you need hardware to sort of capture all the data in the real world and then plug that into the blockchain ecosystem but a lot of those players are not you know, don't have tokens or cryptos that you can invest in, but they're listed um, on global stock exchanges. So Garmin is something we really like, for example. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a great fund and, and we're super excited about it. It's going to be, uh, again, diversified. Um, and we think it's a great time to, to pick up these metaverse assets because they've kind of been sucked into the whole crypto blockchain ecosystem talk where they're building in, in a very different um environment mm. and is this this fund is that something everyone can get in on or how do you like yeah yeah it's uh it's gonna be a listed product um i don't want to give too much of the details away now because we haven't uh, finalized exactly the structures yet but it's certainly going to be something that um that a lot of inv- yeah it's it's going to be a listed product so investors all around europe um can can get involved in it for sure Mm. And then you would just go to go to like your website and sign yep. up for it there. Yeah, hundred percent. So you'll sign up via the website. There'll be, uh, you know, you'll be able to upload all your data via a um, or upload all your documentation, etc. Um, and and sign up via our website. So it's 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 an exciting bit of technology that we're adding. Um, and uh, yeah, it's the. Uh, it's all in the pipeline. Mm, looking forward to it. And like, is there anything else that like where people can find more information about you guys? Yeah. So I think one of the best places is certainly follow us on Twitter. Uh, it's Swiss One Capital. That's Swiss One Capital. Um, we we have a YouTube channel, um, which is also Swiss One Capital. Um, so you can find us there. We basically curate uh, really it's curate news flow for our for our followers um and and it's a lot of very interesting deeper research uh news for our readers uh or subscribers and that is the telegram channel and then we obviously on linkedin as well um we're posting there and we're updating anyone who follows us there. But uh, for sure, if, if you look for Swiss One Capital, you've, our website is SwissOne.Capital. Um, you can also subscribe to um, our boost um, or our bi-weekly boost. I call it the crypto bi-weekly boost. Um, and uh, there you'll be receiving my, my blog every two weeks. I think people's inboxes these days are so, uh, you know, getting basically market updates every day from a lot of these uh, asset managers so we've just chosen to focus on quality not quantity and uh, yeah get hold of us um if you want to follow us go to all of those different channels and and we'll keep you updated on the metaverse fund for sure wonderful and like, like you said that your the bi-weekly uh, the blog that you send off how did you end up how could i receive that one 
So you, that is on the website. You can um, click on, there's a banner that comes up at the bottom of the website and it says subscribe. Um, so you can subscribe there. Um, otherwise, yeah, just sign up. When you're on the website, you have to upload your details. And when you upload your details, I'll, I'll grab you there and, and, and add you to our mail list. So awesome. I'm constantly Definitely checking it up. Cool. Mm. So yeah, I've been uh, reaching the end to, to the question list. So if there's anything you would like to end? Yeah, I think um, I think also watch the space. Uh, I think we've, we're developing really good discussions with the IOTA Foundation and um, and and the ecosystem, um, and we're looking at ways of how we can help help them develop. We're open to, as I say, it's not you know we're agnostic to to the blockchains, but if communities are open to reaching out with us, we're we're happy to work with them, and and help capital being raised and being funneled into those projects and ecosystems. So I think basically the, the message is stay tuned uh, to that relationship building with IOTA as well. That's wonderful. Uh, I think there'll be quite a lot of interesting going on there with the IOTA Foundation in the coming months. Yeah, there's Shimmer. I think that's exciting development. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's really is uh, assembly. Um, it's it, you know, it's a uh, it's a great. I, I think for 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 projects like IOTA and I would say probably the Polkadot Cardenos, um, these these Tezos maybe in there where they are developing a little bit more slowly um, in the background, but there are the technology is fantastic and they've got great relationships. It's just about now bringing the product to to market and i think these bear markets actually support a lot of those protocols mm. in terms of catching catching up yeah definitely we'll be looking forward to see more information about that it should hopefully come in a couple of months maybe <laughs> it's not yeah let's not uh you know how how it is with development it's always very difficult to plan or forecast yeah exact date but uh, it's certainly imminent <laughs> Well, anyway, Kenny, um, super appreciate that you took the time to join us and uh, to tell us about Swissborn Capital. Um, looking forward to see more from you guys at the in the uh, Metaverse Fund. Best of luck with that. And uh, to everyone listening, uh, please go give them a follow and uh, sign up for their for the uh, bi-weekly blog. And um, thank you so much for listening. Get behind and get left behind. Cheers. Cheers, Thomas. Thanks, everybody. Bye.